God bless you. You're listening to the Love Thy Neighbor podcast. This is a podcast where we teach the Bible because our goal is for you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Today, we're going to dive into uh, some things that I've been dealing with all year long, all year long. And I found that this is fundamental and we need to get back to the fundamentals. And the fundamentals start with knowing how to read the Bible. And so I'm going to give you some of the most powerful and important and revealing tips on how to read the Bible today on Love Thy Neighbor. If we don't read the Bible correctly, we're not going to understand God correctly. And people read the Bible for all the wrong reasons. And we've got to learn how to read the Bible for the right reason. There's only one reason, and it's to get to know God. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal his heart, his plan, his purpose, his desire to us. He doesn't want us to use the Bible as a way to answer our personal questions, although it will happen in the flow of reading the Bible. He doesn't want us to use the Bible as a means to fix our personal problems, although problems may be fixed based upon your understanding of scripture. And he doesn't want us to use the Bible to prove our personal points, our point of view. Some people use the Bible as a proof text to prove their point of view, but that's not what it's for. The Bible's primary goal is to reveal to you the God that you could not know apart from Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to dive into how to read the Bible and get revelation. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to get into our discussion today. I pray that this blesses you and it helps you. Um, God has given me a mission this year to separate the truth of God uh, from the era of men. And so often we latch on to erroneous interpretations, erroneous teachings, erroneous ideologies and philosophies and traditions of men and we don't go back like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 and search the scriptures daily to see if these things are so um, especially in a lot of um, and I hate to say this African American church traditions or circles um, it happens across the board right um, because of the popularity of preaching and uh, people are building a following and they're trying to get people to follow them. And so they find their niche and they begin to preach on certain topics, certain things. This is, I'm this kind of preacher, I'm that kind of preacher. And what they're doing is they're creating a brand, right? And you are a shopper and you're looking <laughs> for the brand of preaching that really speaks to you. Um, and you don't want just to understand uh, uh, what the Bible says. You're looking for something specific. And that's because most people, unbeknownst to them, read the Bible uh, for three primary reasons, right? 
They read the Bible um, to get answers to certain questions. They want to know what the Bible says about um, marriage. They want to know what the Bible says about um, aliens. They want to know what the Bible says about this or that. And so they go to the Bible for specific answers. And so they're looking for answers or they're looking for a problem to be solved. They've got an issue in their life and they're looking for what does the Bible say about my issue? Um, Because I want my issue fixed. I want uh, this part of my life changed. And so I need this issue fixed. Uh, And then we see people, they go to the Bible to prove a point, to prove a point. And what's interesting is that all of these things the Bible does, but that's not the purpose of reading the Bible. Um, We don't go to the Bible for those things. We go to the Bible to get to know God. We go to the Bible in order to build relationship with God. We want to know God's heart. We want to know God's intention. We want to know God's desire. There's some people that want to study the Bible because I want to be obedient. I want to follow God's law. I want to follow the rules. Even that is not a sufficient reason to read the Bible. The ultimate reason to read the Bible is to come to know and be in right relationship with God. And when you read it that way, it becomes an ongoing dialogue. It becomes an ongoing conversation. But there are some obstacles to reading the Bible. And I want to help you navigate those obstacles so that you can get into this relationship with God, that you can get into this ongoing conversation with God that will shape the way you pray, shape the way that you treat people, shape the way that you see yourself, shape the way that you see others. Um, This relationship with God It's transforming. It's not transactional. And so many people are in these transactional relationships. God, I do this for you. You do that for me. God does this for me. I do that for God. Instead of God, as I get to know you, I become changed according to your purpose and your plan for my life. That the more time I spend reading and studying, I'm not just gathering information. I'm giving I'm getting revelation that produces transformation in the way that I see the world around me. And so I'm going to give you some basic things today and I want you to go and try them out. I want you to go take your favorite passage of scripture and read it and break it down and get excited because you're getting ready to fall in love with God's word and thence. Hence, you'll fall in love deeper with God because you're going to understand what it is that God is trying to say to you that you have missed because you've gone to the Bible as this cure all fix it um, book of incantations and spells that I cast so that I can fix my life. Okay, so here are some things that you really, really, really have to know. Okay, so number one, the Bible was not written to you. The Bible was not written to you. 
the Bible was written to an original audience at a very specific time in history. And this is important because when we read the Bible as if it is written to us, then we're going to struggle with interpreting it because a lot of the things that are being said are not going to fit in your current culture or situation or circumstance in the way that they are written. You actually are going to have to work through what is being said, why it's being said, what was the intended meaning, what was the circumstances around this situation, um, and then apply it to my life. The Bible has to first speak for itself. It has to speak for itself. What's interesting. Now, here's some interesting uh, things that I've learned. Number one is that the Bible is written. The Old Testament is in Hebrew. The New Testament is in Greek. And there are a few verses in the Bible that are Aramaic. And so those are the three languages that the Bible was written in. Hebrew, Greek and Aramaic. Okay. These languages are terminology. They're termed as dead languages or languages that are not evolving or changing is what is meant. Now, this is significant because God was so strategic in inspiring the authors of the Bible to write that when they wrote, they wrote at the optimum time. Because beyond the point of the first century, once you get out of that first century, second century, language begins to evolve and begins to change. But God, in his infinite wisdom, had the writers of the Bible write at a time and a season where the languages were going to be crystallized, that they were going to be written in stone, that they weren't going to change. And so in order to understand the Bible, you have to go back to what they originally intended when they wrote what they wrote. You even have to go back and research the original words because you need to know what they meant by various words. You need to know what they meant by love. There are about five different words in the Bible used in various ways in various contexts for the word love. The word grace in the Bible is not just unmerited favor, but the word grace is also used for giftings. Uh, So you have to study the context in order to get an understanding of the content, because content that is separated from context creates confusion. Because there's a contract between content and context. The the, the contract is that we are going to always be in agreement. We're going to agree with each other. (laughs) That's the way I see it. Is that the context and the content have to agree. When they don't agree with each other, then you have confusion. And, And that's what people are struggling with right now. Is the confusion... Because scripture has been taken out of its content. The content 
content of scripture has been taken out of its context and being used for whatever a person wants it to be used for. It's being used to prove a point. It's being used to fix a problem. It's being used to answer a specific question. And because you're using it for these things and not trying to understand what the original writer, the original people that it was written to were going through, you're, you're not breaking down what it is that was being said then and there. You cannot accurately apply it to here and now. So one of the things that I want to point out to you is that um, words matter. Words matter. They really do matter. And when you're reading the Bible, you really do have to focus in on what the Bible means versus what the Bible means to me. So often people say, well, this verse means this to me. But we can't have the verse meaning this to you and then miss this to somebody else and then this to somebody else. Now, how you come to the meaning of a particular verse. You may come to it for, from different and various ways. Um, there's a Chinese proverb or Japanese proverb. I believe it says that there are many ways uh, to climb a mountain, but there's only one view. <laughs> Once you get up there, you're, there's only one thing you're going to see. There's only one view from the top of that mountain. And I don't know if that's an adequate analogy, but you may study in various different ways. But when you come to the meaning of a scripture, that meaning is that meaning. There are not many meanings to the verses in the Bible. And so this belief that, oh, well, there's many meanings to a particular verse, that's not true either. That author meant something. They didn't mean many things. They meant a very specific thing. And then our job is to wrestle with that to see if that applies to our current situation. Is God saying something to me through scripture about my current situation? So here's some wording that has to change. People will ask me, what does the Bible say about this? Or doesn't the Bible say this or that? That has to change. And the reason why that has to change is because it takes away from the divinity of the Bible and it focuses only on the humanity of the Bible. Yes, the Bible is divine, but it was written through human agents, right? And so um, I love how Second uh, Peter chapter one, verse 20 and 21 says this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Right. So, number one, no prophecy of scripture. So the prophetic scripture that was written down. Right is not of private interpretation. And what he means by this is found in verse 21. For prophecy never came by the will of man. So in other words, you 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 can't interpret the Bible based upon anything that has to do with you. You have to go back and say what did it mean when they wrote it? Because 
to read on in verse 21. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit really is the author. But the individuals just wrote down what God spoke to them to write down. And he uses their language and their historical context to to bring about what it is that he wants to say. And so in order for me to understand what God is trying to say, I then have to become a student of history. I've got to go back and read and break down and understand because they're telling you all about what's going on in their world. They're telling you all about what they're going through. They're telling you all about the situations and the circumstances that are behind what they're saying. You just have to take enough time to say, I want to know what they are saying, not what I believe it's saying to me. Okay. And so the, the Bible has to speak for itself. The Bible has to speak for itself. Write these questions down. Who is the writer? Who are they writing to? What is the situation or the circumstance that the writing that the writer is writing about or addressing? What is the original meaning of the words that the writer is writing in their day, not in our day, in their day? And what was the writer's intended meaning? And why is the writer saying what they're saying? And all this needs to be done before I try to apply it to me. A lot of people read the Bible and immediately apply it to them because they went to the Bible to get an answer, to fix something, to prove a point. And so because they were doing that, They totally miss the meaning of the passage, the meaning. And so they're not getting, they're being robbed. They're being cheated out of this rich, deep and full understanding of the word of God. They're not excited about scripture because uh, they think they already know what the Bible is saying. And so they're not taking the time to sit down. Like Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, be diligent or study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. These are fundamental scriptures. You're going to hear me say them over and over and over and over and over again, because when you go back and read something, first understand the context. What is what is this thing about? What are the circumstances? What's going on in the passage? Right. What's going on? You know, somebody told me one time. Um, uh, John three sixteen. They were telling me that John three sixteen does not mean what I think it means. Right. And I was like, wow, what does it mean? They were telling me that John three sixteen is not speaking to the world. John 3.16 is only speaking to the chosen people. I was like, wow, how did you get that? How, how did you, where, where in the context did you find the clues to come to that meaning? 
And when they read it, they couldn't show me. Because nothing in the context gave that interpretation. That was something that they believed that they imposed upon the text. Now, let me tell you something. And I'm going to keep saying it. All of your favorite preachers, all of your favorite televangelists, all of your favorite podcasters, you're going to have to go back and check their work. When they tell you that a verse means this, you have to go back with your tools and go to work. You have to understand, you have to ask the questions. What, what's going on here? How do, if this is what that means, how do we know that that's what it means? And why? Why is this being said? A lot of people, I used to, when we were in ministry school, they called it interrogating the text. <laughs> and, I, and I love that because it's like putting the, 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 the Bible in a dark room with a light over them, right? And you start asking questions. Because the Bible is clear. First Thessalonians chapter 5. I believe it's verse 20. To test all things. Test everything. Everything should be subject to test. What's the test? Let's ask some questions. Let's ask the right questions. Because I really, really believe that the true revival, the true move of God is going to be people getting back to the Bible and reading it for themselves. Even the term reformation has been hijacked and it means something other than what, you know, because people say, well, are you a cessationist? Are you a continuous? Are you a reformist? Are you? I'm none of those. I'm just a student of the Bible. Forget that stuff because words mean certain things. And when so people say certain words, those words carry a definition that may not even be um, adequate to speaking to what scripture is saying. And so I would get rid of all of those things. You're not a Calvinist. You're not an Arminian. You're not a millennialist or a millennialist or a pre-trib, post-trib. All. Just read the word. Just read the word of God and get an understanding. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. But in all of your gettings, get an understanding. Get an understanding. And so to all of you that are studying your word, I want you to be able to encounter God in your study. I want the word of God to manifest in your life for you to begin to see. And you said, well, you can't use the word manifest. Well, you can use the word manifest because that's in the Bible. And it has a biblical meaning. It's not what these other people are talking about. We're not we're not speaking things into existence because that's a misinterpretation of that biblical passage. When you go back and read it, it's not telling you to do that. It's not telling you to do that. Here's another thing that you need to remember that when the Bible gives you an example of something. When the Bible gives you an example of something. That doesn't mean that the Bible's telling you to do it. And so you have to distinguish between the Bible teaching you to do something and the Bible giving you an example of something that happens. Because there's some things that happen in scripture that are not being taught as normal. You know, 
uh, people in uh, Acts chapter uh, 19, verse 11, the Bible talks about God did unusual miracles through Paul and they would take his aprons and handkerchiefs and put it on people and they would get healed. The book of Acts is a historical narrative. It's a narrative. It's telling the journey and the story. It's not teaching doctrine, but it's showing you the things that happened. Later on, Paul begins to explain and teach about the spiritual gifts and those things that were happening. And he explains how the gifts work and what happened. But in Acts, it's showing you the examples. It's showing you the illustrations. It's showing you what it looked like when they were using these gifts. It wasn't saying to use the gifts these way, this way or to expect the gift to work this way. That's a man. So here, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask you to do every week. Reach out to me. Message me with particular questions. And I want to take those questions and I want to answer them on my next podcast. I want to take your biblical questions and let's answer them. Let's work through the passages. Let's understand what the Bible is saying because the move of God is happening right now. And you want to jump in. You want to be on board. God is raising up people who understand the Bible and can read it and can live it out and be just enriched by this relationship with God that you have been robbed of through rules, regulations, through prosperity preaching, the American gospel, all these different things that have taken you away from the simplicity, as Paul called it, of the gospel. So, uh, I just want to say a prayer for you. Uh, Please reach out to me. I pray that this helps you and strengthens you and educates you on how to approach reading the Bible. Father, I thank you for the listeners. I thank you for those that are listening and sharing this with other people. I pray, God, that they would be built up, strengthened, encouraged, that they be rooted and established in your word, that they would not be cheated through philosophy empty deceit or traditions of men or by basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. I pray that they be built up on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, that they would learn to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love their neighbor as themselves. God, I just pray that you move by your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Love Thy Neighbor. Thank you for those that are contributing financially. We are full-time ministry, so your contributions are much, much needed, and they are a blessing to us. Uh, Not that we require a gift, but uh, we understand that if God has placed it on your heart, thank you so much to do it. Uh, Keep us in prayer. Keep us covered as we pray for you and pray that you continue to grow. Remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.